Brought to you by the Shut Up and Listen Podcast Network. This is the 80s movies your kids can't miss. On tonight's episode, Pampered, Scampered and Laundry Hampered for you by Simon and Jamie. It's the 1982 musical adventure, Annie. So, um, welcome to uh, that, that Rewind, Rewind show, um, and the, this current series being the 80s movies your kids can't miss. You're not chipper enough. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> welcome, folks. Welcome back to that Rewind show for another exciting episode of those 80 movies your kids just cannot miss. And this week we are featuring... <laughs> This month we are featuring the 1982 movie Annie, the musical, directed by John Huston. I don't know if it's Huston or Houston, sorry. Was that thrilling enough? Well, it would have been, <laughs> only you, you fucked up the fact that this is the first episode. This oh, is the very first, so this episode, is the first episode of episode. that Rewind show. Yeah. Okay, so we, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. First official, <laughs> official launch of um, 80s movies your kids can't miss. Yeah. Yep. Um, from the same podcasting powerhouse that brought you um, Better Call Saul, Saul Rewind. Uh, the Better Call Saul Don't Re- even know the show's Rewind. name. Rewind <laughs> show. I know it. <laughs> and, um, and who have in the works Pod of the Rings, mm-hmm. a Rings of Power Rewind show coming your way in September. Um, so yeah, let's get into it. Um, Annie the Musical, what did you think? I thought it was really good. I thought it was um, a lot of fun, a little bit disturbing, and yeah, yeah maybe a little bit uh, about half an hour too long for my yeah, liking. Definitely half an <laughs> but, hour too long. I cannot dispute that at all. Yeah, um, there are yeah, reasons yeah. though, and um, yeah. So Annie is a musical. Well, it was previously written for the stage, so the movie version is a shortened version of the stage. Oh, show. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's actually there's uh, some you of the songs. You mean it was even longer? <laughs> yeah, some of the songs are cut, <laughs> and um, yeah. So the the plot is basically that this little orphan named Danny lives in an orphanage in New York, and um, the Hudson Street Home for Girls. Um, she uh, she's a real firecracker. Anyway, um, this extremely rich billionaire uh, Oliver Warbucks, who's um, who who's aptly named because he seems to get his money from munitions. Uh, sales or whatever. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, and one scene he's on the phone that? selling a fighter bombers or something like that. Oh, it's so funny, yeah. Mr. Warbucks. That's right. So anyway, in order to improve his <laughs> PR, right, he uh, they hatched this plan to adopt an orphan for a week. Yeah. So Annie's to go to live with him for a week, and um, but then in the process they try to find Annie's parents, um, and then this real nasty couple um pretends to be Annie's parents, and um yeah. they get caught, and uh, Annie becomes uh Annie's adopted by Daddy Warbucks in the end. Hi, exciting! Yeah, no, spoiler alert. I did notice that, and when I was doing my research, this was originally a Christmas show. So, um, actually, oh, really? yeah, in the stage play, um, uh, I, you remember during the movie, there's a in in the song, um, 
Christmas Santa Claus. What's Christmas Santa Claus? What's that? Yes, Who's he from right. uh, Hard Knock Life? Well, actually, yeah. the Christmas theme continues. You see, and um, uh, it's all set up so that uh, they go looking for uh, the and uh, uh, it all transpires. The final scenes transpire on Christmas Day. And uh, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, and then all the orphans come to Daddy Warbucks' house for Christmas Day. <laughs> right. So <laughs> that's but but they cut out the whole Christmas portion for the movie. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, so a couple of the songs are cut, but we and including the song tomorrow, we don't actually get a full version of it, even though it's the most famous song from really? the movie. Yeah, even the song tomorrow is slightly truncated from um the stage play version. But anyway. Yeah, so that's the uh, that's the long and the short of it. It's a yeah, it was really good. That was a pretty good synopsis. I'm impressed. Thanks, thanks. Um, yeah, this was a big movie from my childhood. Um, I, it was around that time. We we wouldn't have gone to see it in the theaters. We weren't going to the theaters um, for most of our childhood. Um, yeah. But we did rent videos like uh, video cassettes and VHS. Then, yeah. And some of these classic movies made it onto TV around Christmas time, and then they'd get repeated on TV several times over Christmas. And so you'd end up watching these movies yeah. over and over again. This is one of those ones I did watch over and over again. So I'm very familiar to all the lyrics and all the beats and the plot and everything. Yeah. Do you remember the the video player that we had had like a cable remote control? You had to plug the remote control into the actual <laughs> video player itself. That's hilarious. <laughs> From across the room. <laughs> yeah. Oh god, that's brilliant. at least you never lost the remote control. I know, right? Um, cool. Yeah, so we get a long. So the opening scene is that one of the reasons why the movie's too long is there's just a couple of scenes that go on a bit long. Like the opening credits go on for how long? I don't know, five minutes or some shit like that. Oh, I know. And then there was the whole scene with her in the street that um, I guess was set up just for her to find the dog. But that was a good 20 minutes as well. It's like, come on. Let's Being get chased the by the moving. cop and everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah so um, we op- the show opens then um, with a shot, the camera panning up to a shot of Annie sitting in a window. Uh, sitting yeah. on a window ledge singing um maybe which is a song about her parents yeah she's uh annie um th- th- reckons her parents are still alive for reasons we'll find out later and yeah. um she's singing about um who they might be and what uh, what they might be doing um yeah there's a constant theme in the movie of things being hidden from sight or um getting okay. or getting into the background or sorry seeing what's going on behind closed doors or yeah. closed windows and um so here Annie's just uh, having like a, a fantasy about the parents that she doesn't know um but which, which we later find out are actually dead so yeah. um yeah uh maybe a lovely song yeah it was really nice quite touching in a way definitely and then later on um after the girls get in a fight she sings it and one of the other kids is sad because her parents are dead and she turns it into a song about the parents that she wants rather than the parents that she had. Yeah, that's right. Um, I guess, sorry, before we get fully into it, I wanted to make a few cast notes. Oh um, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Well, we might as well start with Annie. She's played by Aileen Quinn and Aileen Quinn, after Annie, um, she had a few roles before and after. She did a lot of theatre work, I think, but other than that, yeah. didn't really make much of a comeback to TV and uh, film. Um, but she does have some uh, roles throughout her career, but nothing really of note um, for us. Um, 
Miss Hannigan, on the other hand, was played by Carol Burnett, who uh, features in our other strongly in our other podcast, just the Saw yeah. Rewind, because she comes into the last season of Better Call Saul, which is ending today. Today, <laughs> the, last the episode final is episode. Today. Yeah, it's out now. Yep. Um, yeah, she featured in also in the Carol Burnett show. So stunning performance from her as Miss Hannigan, which I just love so much. Yeah, she's um, a great character. Oliver Warbucks is played by Albert Finney, who's uh, one of these uh, movie greats, just featured in so many movies um, over time, um, had so many uh, roles at the top, acting at the top level of um, the movie industry. So um, he's a fave. Yeah. Uh, Punjab, played by Jeffrey Holder. Uh, yeah. Fra Franklin D. Roosevelt, did you recognize him at all? No, I didn't. He apart from recognizing his name, <laughs> he looks. Yeah, he looks somewhat familiar, right? He's played by Edward Herman, and he is the head vampire in the Lost Boys. Oh, really? No way! <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew his face from somewhere. I know, right? Um, yeah, that's one on our that's back mad. burner that I'd love to podcast on yeah. someday, but we might get around to it. Yeah. Um, Rooster's played by Tim Curry, who is perhaps best known for his uh, starring role as Dr. Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> <laughs> what a name. <laughs> I know. That's another that's another great movie, and he's a lot of fun yeah. in that. Um he yeah, camps yeah. it up a little bit in Annie as well, here and there. Um yeah. so yeah. Um Grace Farrell as Anne Rain King, no notes on her. Lily St. Regis, she was a uh, multiple awards for theater work, but not really a big movie star. Yeah. Um and then of course there's the orphans. Um lovely little Molly, who's really steals the show. She uh, does, yeah. I thought that too. For sure. She's hilarious. What a great performer. She's so happy throughout the whole thing, her little cherubic <laughs> yeah. face. Um <laughs> she's she was played by Torian Gisondi. Uh, Pepper, yeah. um, rough, tough Pepper was played by Roseanne Sorrentino and uh, little Duffy who pulls she was out pretty some... good too. Yeah, she was good. So, and then Robin Ignico or Igniso played by or played Duffy. So, no notes on the other orphans, but yeah, that's it. That's uh, I just thought it was credit where credit due to the cast for sure. I couldn't believe how well the orphans danced. Like, some of those dance routines were pretty intense, you know, even by today's movie standards. Like, we wouldn't get dance routines like that in a movie today. They were just, it was totally mad some of I the know. stuff they were up to yeah that's absolutely true i mean like um yeah. all of these are probably little um lost i don't know if it was shot in la probably um but uh all these little uh family you know these uh yeah. try try hard families that put their kids through acting <laughs> yeah. in drama school and they get <laughs> pushed hard i mean that was one of the things i i, I sort of noticed in the movie is i just felt like annie um aiden quinn she actually looked sad a lot of the time, you know, yeah, she looked she like did. she actually was sad, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> yeah. or, or perhaps just extremely exhausted. Acting. I know, ex yeah. maybe just exhausted from what they put her through to get the movie out there, you know, for sure. Um, Even like just the rehearsal time and the what, like just must have been totally insane. Yeah, you know, if you watch some of like even. Um, the one Hard Knock Life, the dance routine for Hard Knock Life was just totally bunkers they were all uh -huh. over that house up and down the stairs yeah um yeah i don't know how they put productions like that together i know absolutely totally the, the perfectly timed choreography and everything it must have taken so much work it must have taken months weeks and months you know yep of rehearsal anyway, yeah should we get stuck in 
Yeah, so um, just seeing Annie in that window there in the opening shot, um, this is something we see throughout the movie is we see flowers pictured. Um, we see flowers yeah. pictured in picture frames and the framing of the girls in the window frames is like framing the flowers. So there's a direct comparison between the little girls and the flowers that we see everywhere. And Cute. later what you'll see is in Miss Hannigan's office, um, the windows are all cracked and broke from being broken by the yeah. orphans. And uh, all, her, all her flowers are withered and dying that she has in her oh office. And that's God. like, that's yeah. like reflective of her, of her, <laughs> of her character. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. Um, so then we're taken inside this giant bedroom where all the little orphans are asleep. Yeah. And uh, little Molly has a bad dream. Oh, it's so sad. She breaks out into an emotional, she has a little emotional breakdown about her nightmare um, and it wakes up the rest of the girls. That's right. Pepper complains. She wakes up. She's got all attitude. Pepper, you know, she's the rough, tough one <laughs> yeah. with a lot of attitude. She's kind of yeah, mean. Yeah. Um, she I loved it whenever is... she stepped on the other girl's head. <laughs> <laughs> she jumped across the bed. Yeah. I'm sure that wasn't scripted. <laughs> that was that was funny. The boys laughed out loud at that one too. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, so what's interesting here is that as Molly wakes up, she calls out for Annie. So yeah, whereas a kid would that. normally call out for their mommy or daddy, she calls out for Annie and Annie goes over and comforts her and she's a little mother figure to the yeah, girls. That's right. She is. She's definitely a parental figure in this, in the, in the movie. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah. Um, so she sings, she sings to make them feel better. And, uh, this is like there's a theme in this movie of taming right and i just so happened to coincidentally listen to a podcast um i think it was on cbc ideas i forget but it's about orpheus are you familiar with the myth of orpheus at all no i'm not no well there's two there's two there's an interesting thing about orpheus is that orpheus um was known for his beautiful lyre playing or Yes, okay. his musical ability and with his musical ability he was able to do things like tame the animals so lions and shit would right, come and sit down beside it. the other animals and they wouldn't eat each other yeah. while they were listening to Orpheus play so yeah. there's actually a double rule for song in Annie and that's one of them it's the it's the calming effect that the taming effect and the idea is that the wild natures of the orphans you know Annie has this yeah, wild yeah. nature and so this singing is part of the taming that we see going That's on. That's like, so interesting. I did notice that she's like quite a skilled manipulator. We see that as the movie goes on, that she is a very skilled <laughs> manipulator. Um, yep. And she uses song a couple of times, like in the scene with um, FJR. Is it FJR? Am I, F, is that the right? It's uh, Franklin, F, Delaney, Franklin D. Roosevelt, F, FDR. FDR. Yeah. yeah, so whenever she's in that scene with FDR and she's trying to convince, um, <laughs> what's his name? Warbucks. Dumb Warbucks <laughs> trying to convince Warbucks to let them do the whole crazy national park idea. Yeah. Um, she breaks into song then too to try to win him over. So yeah, she's um it comes up quite a bit. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um I I'll have more to say about that because that's a part of the dual role of song in it, but we'll get there eventually. Yeah. Um so then what happens is they're all having fun. Um they do heart is this where they do they've done heart this is where they we get hard knock um, life. Yeah, oh, yeah, so Miss Hannigan wakes up. Yeah, 
Yeah, they're singing away um, this song about their parents or the parents that they want to have. And they wake up Miss Hannigan and she storms into the room and makes them all get up out of bed and start cleaning, even though it's the middle of the night, yeah. just to punish them that, that they need to get up and they're not allowed to they're not allowed to go back back to sleep until it sparkles like the Chrysler building. That's right. Yeah. Um, as she walks in, um, there's a, the music throughout the, mo- the movie is um, really on point, even the like the background music going on, the score. Yeah, and there's right. like this rattlesnake shaker as she walks into the room. <laughs> and there's this, for, the first thing you see is her long shadow. It reminds very much of Darth Vader's shadow yeah. in Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah. It's a classic villain entrance, I think. Just one of those moments. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, she uh, makes a funny comment as she bosses him around. She says, "Why a kid would want to be an orphan is beyond me." Like, uh, oh, I know, like it's their choice. Her entire script is hilarious. Like, yeah, almost everything really she says is a joke, and she just puts it across <laughs> yeah. so well. You know, I know it's great. I mean, it's a drunk performance is one of those things which is very hard for actors to carry off because a, a lot so of the because they can't get drunk to do the performance. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because in a way, if they were really drunk, you'd plainly be able to tell. Yeah. You know, like it's like Johnny Depp when he does uh, Jack Sparrow, you know, it's like you kind of get that he's drunk all the time or he's acting drunk. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he's not yeah, really yeah. fully drunk, is he? I mean, it, it, it's no way. He couldn't <laughs> be. You wouldn't be able to function. But I mean, Miss Hannigan here, I mean, she really comes across as actually being drunk. Her act, the acting is top notch. So good. I yeah. know she's great. She really is good. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's a mean drunk. Boy, is she ever. Yeah, she does. She treats them like shit, pretty much causing their little, her little pig dumplings or pig droppings. <laughs> sorry. Her little pig <laughs> droppings. Pig dumplings sound pretty um, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, and then. They cut into a hard knock life, which That's takes right. place all over the house where they're cleaning and, and mopping the floors and polishing and dusting. And, you know, it's a great number. It must go on for about five or six minutes, that track. Yeah, totally. It's really long. And what an iconic um, tune. I mean, it has been rehashed here, there and everywhere in the 40 years since it came out or for, since the movie. There's anyway. been a couple of um, a couple of really bad cover versions by various celebrities, haven't there been? <laughs> yeah, I remember but... there was a couple in the 90s, maybe. My fave is the, the early two thousands. Is uh, don't they break out the course of Hard Knock Life in Austin Powers as well when they're in prison? <laughs> they do a version of Hard Knock Life. <laughs> <laughs> That's class. Yeah, Doctor Evil. I'm gonna have to watch that on YouTube. I so funny. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the- Hard Knock. I. So sorry. Go ahead. No, you go. It ends with Annie. Um, being bundled up inside the laundry basket. So she jumps into the laundry basket and they pile a load of of sheets on top of her. Um, And then Mr. What was his name? Mr. Mr. Tumbles? No, no. Mr. Mr. Bundles. He reminds directly of Mr. Tumbles. I know. (laughs) If you're not British, you'll get this. Yeah. (laughs) No. But anyway, yeah. Um, Yeah. The only other thing I wanted to mention before we pass that first scene is that there's so much anger in this film. I don't know if you noticed that, but there's just so much anger 
There's yeah, so from much certain characters for from sure. certain characters. Yeah, it's like unbelievable. And the orphans themselves are they kick each other and yell at each other. And, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes yeah. they're very sweet and tender with each other, but other times there's just a lot of anger, kicking, punching. Well, uh, it sounds like you're punching, describing my kids. <laughs> Mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. Like that's that's my kids at a tea, you know. Yeah, that's hilarious. Moments of really sweet affection, and then they kick the shit out of each other all the time. <laughs> that's funny. I know. It's so true um yeah but anger is a persistent theme and that's also part of this taming idea it's like there's the wild nature um the wild uncontrollable behavior but also that wild yeah. temperament where you lose your yeah. shit all the time and you can't rein that in you know what i mean it's like and it yeah and so the taming element is all about that too and sort of transforming this uh, this deep angry background into uh a, a diff a, like a happiness you know, that kind of yeah. trans transformative effect that Annie has on everyone. Um, but, you know, one thing that didn't really come across in the movie, which I think the movie didn't really deep dive on the themes. That's what I feel like. It didn't um, it didn't make a big deal out of the fact that Annie started out as sort of a wild character, but eventually yeah, is adopted right. into this family and sort of deals with her mellows wild out and, mellows out. Yeah. Exactly. You know, there's there's not that kind of character development in the show, really. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but anyway, we have to be forgiving of that, but at least the themes are there. Um, yeah, so Hard Knock Life, then what happens? Yeah, Mr. Mr. What's-His-Face. The, the... He comes and picks Annie up. He's in on it, so he knows that she's in the in the basket. Yeah, he's And got he his... takes her and drops her off in the street. In order to to um distract Mrs. Han Miss Hannigan, he's licking all over her neck and shit or something oh like that. Oh my god, it's disgusting. Well, he, well, the thing is though, this movie's a bit weird because I, I did a little bit of background research and I read one place where they were debating the extent to which this is actually an adult or a kids movie. I know. I thought about that too. Yeah, I mean, my my, there's definitely sultry stuff in it that would never pass in a kids movie today. Um, yeah, but I think back then they what they would do in movies before these days they have adult gags in movies it's not sultry yeah. or uns unsuitable for children it's just that there's some jokes that are definitely catered to adults who are for watching sure. the movie with their kids but back then they did the same thing they, they had stuff in movies that were really largely for kids but to cater to adults but they didn't have the yeah. same um limits on what they would show to kids Right. Yeah. You see what I mean? So it's the same basic thing. It's For just sure. that I still feel like it's a kid's movie, you know? Yeah. To me, I think it definitely is a kid's movie. Like it's very entertaining for children, but there are definitely adult themes in it. It's the same, like this is a common theme across all a lot of 80s kids' movies. Like if you think of Uncle Buck, Battery's Not Included, they all have very adult themes. Like Battery's Not Included was about um an old couple who owned a restaurant that was being harassed by a group of thugs who broke yeah. into their house and and fucking tore their place up. You know what I mean? That yeah. isn't a kids' movie theme. And there were you themes know? of like childbirth and motherhood, and and we saw sure. the same thing in ET. Um, because just for the listeners, uh, uh, for purposes for for the listener, we've already recorded our eighties movies episodes on yeah. um, ET. Um, a couple of other movies. A couple of other movies. Ghostbusters too. Same thing. But at the same time, I think one of the fun things for kids is that kids get a little. I don't think that's boring to kids. They get a little insight into the adult world, which yeah, to them maybe. is is normally a hidden thing, right? Like normally we conduct adult business separately and we keep that separate from our <laughs> yeah. from kitty business, right? For if we're, we're gonna 
you know, okay. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like a lot of people out there will be familiar with having raging arguments with their spouse in front of the kids about things like money, <laughs> um, being cheated on, and We'd stuff never like that. Do but such a but thing. we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to keep these worlds <laughs> separate, right? So, I guess if you're growing up as a well-adjusted kid, your parents probably aren't having all these adult sort of style discussions around you. So the adult world Who is knows? kind of hidden, right? And so, yeah, uh, when kids watch these kind of shows, they do get a glimpse into adult attitudes and adult conversations that's yeah that's true, true. Yeah. that's true although for younger kids it would probably be over the top of their heads but yeah um for older kids in particular i think they would probably get a kick out of it totally yeah and i also think that kids would find miss hannigan highly relatable as the ang angry parent who just comes <laughs> and yells at them to tidy up the room you know <laughs> no, i mean yeah. it's true though isn't it i mean i don't yeah. know i don't want to say too much but <laughs> <laughs> they're enslaved yeah um, there was a nice little link to um i think there's this is a link to that movie i just mentioned what was the one about the batteries aliens not, batteries not included she refers to she refers to mr bundles as so much flopsam and jetsam and oh, isn't that cool. the names that yes. was the names of the little that they give the little flying robots the little ufos that's true and the robots were getting into the clothes at one point weren't they and they had the oh that's right yeah, the yes night. they had their clothes on they, yeah. they were yes i remember they were flying about with her dress on and stuff you're right that could well be a callback to annie yeah. for sure Right. So yes, she, she escapes the uh, the laundry truck and off she goes into the streets of New York. <laughs> yeah, just out on her own. Yeah. God, New York was a wild place back then. They had markets with um, live chickens running around and yeah. <laughs> things like, like, would you ever see that on New York Street these days? Not these days, but it does remind me of Taiwan. In Taiwan, it's the same thing. Yes, the, okay. the food markets um, out there would have um, all living creatures. They would have people chopping yeah. the heads off chickens. They were As I walked past oh the food market, God. the shrimp would be jumping out of the tanks onto the street Jesus and flopping Christ. around at your feet. You know what I mean? And live fish oh and all the other creatures God, they had in there. Oh horrendous. <laughs> It's that's, like a whole it different world. <laughs> Could you imagine asking a New Yorker to like fucking go home and pluck their own chicken? Know, or even right? anybody from Western culture anywhere. Like if you said to somebody in the on the street in Belfast, here's like a chicken, you need to go home and pluck it for your dinner. Well, they'd be what, like, no way. I know, right? Yeah. We're soft totally these mad. days. We're we're molly yeah. So disconnected yeah. from where our food comes from. So yes, yeah, so um there's, there's, there's all sorts of politics in this movie too, and uh, obviously we're not going to get yeah. into a political discussion about the politics. Um, the long and short of it is, it was uh, FDR's New Deal in the, which I believe was in the 30s, um, where he wanted yeah, to have a big, right. a massive public spending program to deal with the depression. And yeah. um, people at that time didn't have things like one of the songs that was taken out of the movie was all about how they didn't have, ch never mind uh, n not having a, a chicken, they didn't have a pot to cook it in and stuff like yes. that. Uh, people yeah, yeah. were really poor at that time. Now, what's curious is that they didn't make, they did make somewhat of a deal out of the politics, right? Because it's set in the 1930s. I suppose you can't really avoid it if you're going to set the movie in its time. Yeah, that's but right. But what relevance that had to discussions of politics in the 70s, I don't really know. So, you know what? I, I, I thought it was strange too. Like, I didn't, I'm not familiar with American history, so I didn't pick up on the time until um, he was reading off out of Annie's birth certificate, off Annie's birth certificate later on in the movie. And he said that she was born in 1922. And I thought, that's well, right. fuck, that's set a, that's a long time ago for a movie that came out in the 80s. Yeah, totally true. Yeah. Um, you know? 
Yeah, but anyway, it's there. There's guys lining up outside the uh, the old um, employment. They're in the employment line or whatever. And uh, the, the cop is walking about with his truncheon in his hand. He's having a good old swing of his truncheon, just to be extra <laughs> yeah. menacing. Like he's going to just be walking down the street and feel like giving somebody a whack. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. That's right. I saw. Um, <laughs> Very I saw, aggressive. Uh, there was a poster of FDR on the wall at one point that I noticed. So they did scatter yeah. certain certain things about that around the place in the movie yeah um anyway um then annie chases sandy yeah that's right so she sees a group of boys with their dog they're harassing this poor dog that has a lot of cans tied to its tail um she takes off after them and she stands up to them and rescues the poor little doggy annie has very big balls um she's willing to stand up for the little guy for sure <laughs> yeah totally she is um while they were she was chasing the dog there was a sign on the wall for the orpheum theater that's what actually triggered me to think of orpheus and then that's when i realized it was yeah. a taming theme in the movie and here yeah, as yeah. she's and here as she goes after sandy you see now i mean they they didn't quite hit it and this is where i'm getting at they didn't really push the themes because the dog is already ostensibly tame it's not a wild dog. Yeah, that's right. Um, but of course, they couldn't really have a wild dog because then it wouldn't do its part in the movie. So, yeah. But I think that as Annie goes through, she goes through, she chases the boys into the back of the alley and she roughs them up and stuff. And then she takes the cans off Sandy. And uh, it's like she, it's the taming effect again. So first of all, she puts yeah, those yeah. boys in their place. It's the wild boys running around, right? She punches them out and uh, controls their wild nature and sends them off. And then she takes, she's going to take the dog in. And of course, the dog is like just a huge symbol of human taming and taming your inner animal nature. Yeah, for sure. Right? That's why we have the whole werewolf symbolism and the the full moon and stuff because you know it's like oh, the, yes. it's like how the uncontrolled nature comes out of you. Uh, yeah, yeah, you for know sure. what I mean, like that. So, so yeah, so um, what I what I liked here was that um, she ran through the crowd chasing the boys and the dog. Nobody else did anything, and after yeah, it was done, right. she looked at Sandy and said, "Oh, I didn't do anything that any other decent person would have done." But actually, she was the one that <laughs> yeah. did. It. She was the only decent. And nobody person. else did it. Nobody yeah, else did right. it. And there are a few comments about that about New York, like later in the movie, whenever um. They don't find their parents and they tell Annie, like she interviews something, yeah. 900 something people. And she says, I had no idea there was so much dishonesty in the people of New York or so much <laughs> dishonest people yeah, in New York. You know what I mean? It's like New York just yeah. has this bad rap. Ghostbusters had all that shit in it too about the nasty. I know, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, but they're not kind of famous for that a little bit. Uh, maybe yeah, not so, so much now. Maybe not so much now, but. Yeah. You should get in touch and tell us if any New Yorkers are listening, get in touch and tell us what it's like. Yeah. Are you an asshole? <laughs> yeah so yeah but again we just saw the level of violence the level of anger and and the level of yeah. you know in the scene is all very present again that's it she rescues the dog and um he follows her back out onto the street and she breaks into song again so this time she's singing about how dumb the dog is um a track called dumb dog and mm -hmm. uh then New York's dog warden arrives. She he notices that she's um walking along with the dog who doesn't have a leash on and um he tries to to take the dog away. Yes, he does. Um he gets uh, he he comes up with a clever idea of getting uh Annie to call the dog by its name because she hesitates for a moment yeah. before she says his name is Sandy because she hadn't come up with the name yet. 
And uh, yeah. so he goes, so Annie, Annie walks a little ways off and then there's another guy standing there. He gets in on the joke. And um, I noticed <laughs> yeah. behind them randomly, there's a, a guy, there's an artist selling his art and he's holding up a picture of flowers. So they get these paintings of flowers in here and there and random oh, places yeah, throughout okay. the whole thing. Flowers are just... That's, I didn't notice that. Yeah, flowers are absolutely everywhere. They squeeze them in all over the place. Um, um, I was listening to another podcast uh, actually it was yesterday maybe yesterday morning don't ask me about the name of the movie but they were doing a movie review about a bank robbery that took place in New York and they commented on how um, the crowd scenes had a very very real feel so they, whenever they were filming out in the streets of New York I think it was set in the 70s um, and they made a comment about how there were so many wild dogs running around, and apparently ah. that that was a real problem that New York used to have a, a real issue with them, um, with dogs that just ran around the street. Okay, um, so that was quite a nice little sink. Mm-hmm. Good, yeah, cool. Um, yes. Yeah, so where were we? Yeah. So eventually, um, Annie, when Annie, um, first of all, she's quite timid, but then when she raises her voice and gives it a bit of attitude, the dog comes over to her. Yeah. And so the dog catcher says, you've got yourself a dog kid, now go home and get a collar and a leash. So it's like, get, <laughs> yeah, get this dog yeah, under yeah. control. It's like, go home and start controlling your wild nature. Is yeah, sort of the, sure. the undertone of that line. So, um, yeah. And then she gets busted by the cop. Yes, Her that's old right. Annie rescues the dog and gets arrested herself. Yeah, she's arrested by the cop and the cop comes to drop her back off at the, uh, the orphanage. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Miss Hannigan's all over the uh, the cop, and he's enjoying a little bit of a little bit of attention. <laughs> yeah, um, Annie must be quite well known in the neighborhood for him just to take her back. He obviously knew who she was and where she was from, um, so she does this quite a lot. We get the impression. Yes, that's right. And then um, she then she's is this the part when they're up in the orphanage and uh, they she brings the dog and the orphans all see the dog. They and... break into song again. Yeah, they break into song. I can't remember what it was called or what it was about. It's oh, about no, I think the... it was Dumb Dog. I think it was to the tune of Dumb Dog. So they yeah. carried the same song into the orphanage and they just rewrote the words a little bit. Yeah, she she gets the other girls to, to guess the dog's name. Yes, and that's they... right. And it just. In this song in particular, it really came across how amazing all these orphans' vocals are. They must have uh, quite quite a, a good uh, um, theatrical school program in these New York orphanages from the 1930s. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> but you know... Such great vocalists. It was really actually, good. But actually, you know, there's a huge comment there, you know, it's about the waste of human potential. Yeah. It's like when you when you see these orphans and, and what these girls are capable of because they've had that privileged life. I mean, maybe yeah. it's not privilege. Maybe we shouldn't make assumptions. Maybe they all suffered greatly about how much they were pushed to perform well in Annie. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe they might, maybe a whole bunch of them ditched out of movies and film because they just found it too grueling. Who knows? But um, yeah, for sure. But they certainly had those opportunities because of privilege. Absolutely, yeah, for sure. And um, but yeah, I think the comment. I don't know if the comment is deliberate, but it's definitely this concept of a waste of human potential. Um, whenever kids aren't yeah. used right. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so again, Mrs. Hannigan overhears what's happening and she comes in screaming about how dare they have fun in the orphanage. Um, and uh they try to hide the dog, but there's no there's no hiding it. And yeah, mm-hmm. off it goes. Miss Hannigan wants to send it to the sausage factory. Yeah, that old cow. Um so <laughs> <laughs> anyway, no. Yeah. 
just one of the lyrics from the song, I think, was um, that Sandy is handy in the night when you're small and alone. And I thought that the right see the writers of the songs and stuff were really put thought into the meaning more so than it was explored yeah. in the movie. But that's about For how sure. this wild nature that you have inside you is actually useful to have at certain times. Oh and, yes, okay. Annie makes use of her, like you say, and her manipulative skills and her the, the sort of the dark, yeah. angry side of her personality. She makes use of that. Yeah, when she, she does. when she needs it, it pops out, and it's when, more about that's it, right. It's about successfully integrating that part of yourself into your your personality, yeah, right? Well, not letting it take over your personality, but knowing when to use it and when not to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But the paddle closet in they go. <laughs> oh no, they don't go into the I closet. Know. It was referenced. The paddle yeah. closet was definitely referenced in there. And then, luckily for Annie, um, a lady arrives from the rich billionaire. Yes, that's right, Grace. Grace yeah. Farrell arrives. The um, the assistant, personal assistant, and. I don't know, head secretary or something to uh, Daddy Warbucks. So. Yeah. And uh, as she arrives, there are um, this, as she stands at the door in the behind, just behind over her shoulder in the door, and in the door frame is this guy who's basically just sleezing on her. He's looking her up and down, <laughs> oh his my jaws. God, that's it's like a awful. slack jaw looking up and down. <laughs> oh my God. It's, like, it's, it's, it's horrendous. Very, I know. God. So misogynistic. Yeah, for sure. Um, Was it like that back then? Probably. More so in the 80s, I'd say, rather than the 30s. Well, this is it. We, maybe I'm wrong. That was what we said about Ghostbusters too in our in our Ghostbusters episode is that, you know, yeah, Venkman's a sleazy asshole. Sleazy. Yeah, totally. I yeah. know for sure. <laughs> Definitely different times. Um, yeah. So yeah, so she wants, then there's this really entertaining little scene where um, she asks Miss Hannigan for an orphan and she's giving the details and Annie prompts her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great scene. Um, Mrs. Hannigan definitely does not want Annie to go and spend a week in the lap of luxury. Yeah, totally. Um, she'll do anything that she can't avoid it. What a bitch. Well, here's the thing. I mean, what the confusing thing is here that there are two possible things going on. One is that she has a deep affection for Annie. Yeah, like that's Annie right. I is, thought that too. Yeah, Annie is clearly her favorite of all the girls. But the rather sinister question is, why is she her favorite? And is it because she has a deep, some sort of suppressed deep care for Annie for some reason? I don't think so. I think if you look at Miss Hannigan's behavior, she's a very classic narcissist. Right, okay. She uses the children for her narcissistic feed. But at the same yeah. time, demands total love from them. And, <laughs> yeah, and that yeah, yeah. is the classic narcissistic behavior. So when a narcissist is going to lose someone who is their chief source of narcissistic feed, they will panic. That's yes, why she doesn't okay. want Annie to go. So it's a weird, weird, sinister thing creeping in there. But actually, it, it's one of the more realistic depictions of narcissism. Miss Hannigan, and that's, sure. what, that's a very interesting thing about this movie because it's a hard thing to depict. Yeah. Um, especially back then when they didn't have, even really have uh, detailed concepts like narcissistic personality disorder and all that kind of stuff. But it was yeah. plain to me that like she is, and then the story that she's fed Annie, we'll get to it later, but that really shows you the depth of the of the narcissistic feed that she's getting from For Annie. For sure. Um, so yes, so really sinister turn there. Yep. So she doesn't want Annie to go and Grace starts to threaten her then. She's talking about her boss, how 
um, she was just talking to like the Bureau of um, Child Care, whatever it's called, <laughs> and uh, pretty much threatens her job that they were talking. And apparently Mrs. Hannigan's very replaceable and she wouldn't want it getting back that they wouldn't let Annie go. And that's how she strong arms her into letting, making sure Annie goes with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they sort it out and off Annie goes and the orphans wave to her from the window again the orphans being framed yeah. in the window it's continuous like that the orphans are being framed in the windows by the way like Mrs. Hannigan or Miss Hannigan also has windows to her office space or her personal yeah, compartment right. so you often see the orphans looking from in through inside. that window from, yeah exactly yeah. It's, yeah it's pretty yeah, yeah. pretty intentional for sure um, yeah. so they head off to um, Mr. Warbuck's mansion in the countryside um, so they get there and Annie at the start thinks that they've arrived at some kind of train station. That's how grand his home is, that she mm-hmm. confuses it for a train station. Um, and they're met at the door by Mr. Punjab, who greets them and um, gives them a nice warm welcome to the house. All the yeah. staff are really excited that she's there. Yeah, I'm really that's... surprised to see her. Yeah, she meets Punjab and the Asp. <laughs> this guy, this nameless guy, just known as the Asp, this amorphous Asian character who does kung fu, yeah. probably Chinese. Um, yeah, and uh, slightly racist. There are or quite a lot of certainly yes. stereotypical, at least stereotypical. And no, it's it's pretty racist. It's, There's it's, a lot of racist yeah, undertones, racist. especially around those two characters, for sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So yeah, um, but yeah. Uh, one of my kids commented that it looked like a mall cross between a church or something like that. I think he said, or a mall cross between something. <laughs> is what Warbucks house yeah. looks like. I mean, yeah. I thought it was it very was apt. Ginormous inside, it was absolutely huge. Yeah. Really um, big. So they walk in and they're walking through the front hall and the downstairs and it just opens up into this big cavernous space with balconies that look out over the atrium, I guess, and the mm-hmm. inside. And they're like, there's so many staff, like I couldn't get over how many um, staff staff the place. He had like accountants and business people and maids and yeah, you just got to see everybody. And then they all broke into song too about how excited they were that Annie was there. And it was just this big joyous celebration. Yeah, it's a... So yeah, the song is all about um, what the different staff are going to be doing for Annie, and uh, <laughs> yes, they, they're going to dress yeah, her. Yeah. In, they're going to dress her in red. That's her color for sure, not blue. Um, they're yeah. going to put soap in the bath, but not bubbles. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she's going to have yeah, satin yeah. sheets, not, uh, silk. not silk. Yeah, yeah. And then she finds out there's a pool in the tennis court. She's never played tennis, so they immediately start to arrange for her to have tennis lessons from some top tennis player or coach yeah, or some shit yeah. like that. I love that just before they get into that kind of stuff, just before they break into song, they ask Annie Annie what she'd oh, like yes. to do first. And she assumes that she's going to be there. She's there to clean. <laughs> so she said, I think I'll start with the windows first and then I'll do the floors and then I'll do. And they're like, no, you're not here to clean. That's not going to happen. You well, know, isn't it just weird? Really funny. There is a sort of mirroring effect between Miss Hannigan and Daddy Warbucks because she has yeah. all the kids that she treats as her staff and he has all these yeah, staff. Yeah. But yet he's the childless. And, the kids. Yeah, that's right. And they're both childless and alone. Yeah. And they're very much two sides of the same coin. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I thought there was a little bit of a sync between this and I know we're not going to get into too much Saul, but in the last episode that we watched of Saul, 
and we saw one of the really strong characters who wasn't capable of making a decision. And That's in right. this scene in particular, all it is is people making decisions over and over and over again. The whole song is just people deciding what they're going to do. You're absolutely right. Warbucks has got that decisive. His his life his, is all about decisions. Yeah, totally. I didn't yeah. spot that. Yeah. But even even in the song, it's like they'll get to the person, they'll introduce the person who's going to pour the bath and they make a decision about what the bath's going to be and the person who's going to pick out her clothes and they make a decision about what the clothes are going to be. The whole song is about decisions. That's interesting. That is very interesting. Then um, Annie gets a real flower here. I think this something that happens several times in the movie is someone hands flowers or a bunch of flowers or a flower to Annie. Oh, I noticed it in this. I noticed it in this song, but I didn't notice it anywhere else. It starts here, um, then happens a few times later. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So the gardener climbs up the outside of the building here. Isn't that <laughs> what it is that they're giving her a tour? And he climbs up the trellis on the outside of the building. Is that right? And is it here? A bunch of yeah, that's it. That's what happens. It's right here. Yeah, when he does that. Yeah. So um, there's also a man walking around with a camera, taking lots of photos of what's happening, and that's kind of the first indication of why Annie's here. You know, that's the first time that. Well, I guess we know that that's why Annie's here because that's what she said at the orphanage. But maybe Annie didn't know. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and then as they're um doing this little dance, there's a, there's um. This is before Warbucks arrives, right? Is it? Yeah, that before yeah. Warbucks arrives, she's showing upstairs, and Sandy's given a bath and jumps out and runs around the place. That's and there's right. wet dogs smell everywhere. As she's going up the stairs, yeah. the crate there's a crate on the stairs, which we later find shortly find out is containing the Mona Lisa. That was a funny moment. So after the song, Warbucks comes in, and everything's very ominous and scary. He's a very intimidating character, and I'll just <laughs> yeah. say that Albert an alarm Finney, actually goes off. <laughs> An alarm goes off. That's hilarious. <laughs> Whenever he arrives, He's here. yeah. yeah. Um, so an ominous entry for sure, yeah. echoing, which echoes back to Miss Hannigan's entry in the first scene where we see her. And um yes, Annie's right. kind of scared. And um he doesn't even greet Grace. He doesn't say hello, Grace. How are you? Nothing. No, I he know. His first words are, Did the painting arrive? or something like that. That's his first <laughs> words out of his mouth. Yeah. Straight down to business, no time for pleasantries. Yeah. He's strictly business, this guy. Yep. Um, and he does come across as being totally very aggressive and very um, determined, I guess. Yeah. Like, I think the camera guy startles him at one stage, like he's startled by the camera guy and he knocks him over and grabs his camera off him and throws it across the room. Like, it was very you. aggressive. You very see, this aggressive. Is, this is it. It's the anger and violence in this movie is fairly yeah. intense at times. And it's just like... It is. It's up there. Yeah. Warbucks is a very, um, is a very angry sort of character. Yeah, so they, un they unbox the Mona Lisa. He wants to take a look at it, and he immediately declares that he hates it and tells him to send it back. Um, right. And then there's a little joke whenever he says, you know, there's something about her smile, which is yeah. common. Like, that's what people commonly say about the Mona Lisa. And he says, just hang it in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? For God's sake. <laughs> it's so funny. It was funny because right here, they directly drew attention to what the, to one of the main themes in the set, which is the flowers in frames. Because the flowers yeah. in the frames and the girls in the frames and the windows, and now we've got the Mona Lisa in a frame. And right away, yeah. um, Annie picks up on his attitude towards the Mona Lisa because he says, I don't want a girl, I want a boy, send her back. It was like saying, send the painting back. And, and Annie yes. says, well, I've got a nice smile too. Maybe you'll get to like me as well, like you got to like the yeah, Mona Lisa. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I actually felt like these little moments, they stir up. You see, they cut a lot. Um, they cut quite a bit out of the, the stage play and cut some of the songs. 
Yeah. Um, there might have been a little too much politics, but I think one of the reasons why the movie gets its length is because they spend quite a bit of time on these little tender moments. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. There's quite a few little moments like this where we see where we're drawn into sympathy with Annie and all the rest of it, like when she sings a cappella tomorrow in FDR's office and stuff like that. They, yes, they, they allow right. long minutes to go by at these certain parts and they, they slow down for it. Yeah. For sure, it's quite indulgent, and it's one of the things that is, is a bit special about the movie, I guess, that you do get these touching little moments. Um, yeah, so he agrees to let her stay, but only for a week. Um, only for a week, and it's just to improve his image. You know, that really mm. comes across. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, uh, then we cut back to Mrs. Flanagan at the orphanage. Yeah, this is one of my personal favorite songs from the from the movie, Little Girls. Yeah. <laughs> because of Miss yeah, Flanagan's yeah. performance. She's so good. She's really good. It's it's laugh out loud. It's so funny. Like I don't laugh out loud much at movies these days, especially in older movies, <laughs> yeah, you know. But this yeah. one really nails it. A lot of them the comedy doesn't really stand up anymore, but this one's a bit different, you know. This True. one's good. Like there are a couple of things that are they're a bit dodgy and you think, Oh god, is that did they really do shit like that? And yeah. Um, but some of the comedy and the songs and stuff, it's really good. It really yeah. is. And you're right, Mrs. Flanagan is great in this um in this particular scene. She's yeah. brilliant, really good. She, she drinks out of the uh the vase holding the some of her vase. dead flowers, which I assume is full of gin, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was really funny. Yeah, the orphans are spying um, on her as she kisses the radio, dreaming yeah, about her. She's she has the radio wrapped up in a blanket and <laughs> giving it a cuddle. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. Oh, During God. I love that part where she's um she picks up a glass and she's got the gin bottle in one hand and the glass in the other, and she just drinks out of the <laughs> bottle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was really good. Yeah. Um, and then the song in this part is really good too. Like that line, oh, yeah. some some women are dripping with diamonds, some are dripping with um pearls, but lucky her, she's dripping with girls. Yeah. Um, it's really good. I actually love the line right before that. Probably my favorite line from the whole one of my favorite lines is um everything around me is little. If I ring little necks, surely I will get an acquittal. <laughs> I mean, that's just a yeah. That's a great it fucking really rhyme. Good. That's a great it fucking is. rhyme. That's one for the ages. <laughs> yeah. If only it was true. I no, know, I'm right? only joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she pours herself a bath then, but she doesn't actually get into the bath. She just pours yeah, it. Yet. So we see her pouring a bath. Um, and in the mirror, we see the arrival of her brother and his um, sketchy girlfriend um, through the window. So they're watching her through the window from the outside. Um, and then she heads into the bedroom and they're sitting waiting for her and she screams out. Um, I think her brother's called Rooster, isn't that his nickname? That's what they call him. Yeah, his and nickname's Rooster. Rooster's sitting there in the living room. That was a very cool shot of when they appeared because they were... First of all, they were framed by a window and the window was reflected yeah. in a mirror. So it was a double frame. Yeah, it was really good. I thought that too, that it was really good. And it, it was like, you couldn't really see them. They were a bit um, opaque, like it was blurred out, but you could definitely make out that they were having a good old look through the window. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, so he's there. He's been released early from prison. He's been locked up for something. I don't know what it was. And um, he's there to ask for some money with his girlfriend who starts to help herself to a few of Mrs. Hannigan's prized uh, jewelry in her possessions. Yeah, I definitely felt, um, I definitely see shades of myself in Miss Hannigan, dare I say it. <laughs> when she, when she, when she, be craw- careful. I know. No, when, when she crawls up here, when she crawls back onto her, onto her little bed thing there or whatever it is, um, 
and she curls up with her blanket and her gin and her radio. It just reminds me yeah. of my pod, my me and my podcast and my <laughs> glass of wine at night. My podcasts are like my they're my new girlfriend now. Basically, that's yeah. uh, that's oh, what I do. <laughs> that's very sad. No, no, it's it's wonderful. Very actually, sad. I'm thrilled. It's uh, good. Yeah, good. Um, yeah. So, um, in they come, and uh, this really nasty character, Rooster, played by uh, Tim Curry. Um, yeah. And uh, Lily. He's not a nice guy for sure. He is not. They're they're a bad pair, these two. They're scammers par excellence. Reminds me of a couple yeah. of other people we're familiar with from our other podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. Rooster immediately uh, announces himself with this loud rooster sound, you know? Yeah, he did. And I think the intent there is to get at the animal nature. You know, these oh, are yeah, people that course. have unbridled animal nature, like they're the worst in people, you know, and they yeah. revel in it. They savor this uh, yeah, yeah. animalistic side of themselves. You know what I mean? He describes how he lost some money in the horse races and he drives the horse being whipped or the one horse whip yeah. in the pack. It's very violent imagery, animal imagery that he's using. Um, yeah. So she realizes, Mrs. Hannigan realizes that she's being turned over by the girlfriend so she's stolen her purse and some jewelry and um upstairs she can hear the girls all starting to sing about their parents yeah isn't that and then mrs hannigan starts to um take back her stuff she wants her stuff back from his girlfriend yeah and this is there's like i think three or four shots three or four gags in this movie that are repeated in the goonies that i feel like the goonies yeah. the goonies either took oh, them really? from this they either took them from this or or they're established gags. Tropes. Yeah. Tropes. Tropes. Exactly. That's the word, right word. Yeah. He pulls the pearls yeah. out of, out of uh, Lily's cleavage in exactly yes, the same way right. that, that Mother Fratelli pulls the pearls, a long string of pearls out of Mouth's mouth at the end of the Goonies. <laughs> yeah. Whenever they were in One-Eyed Willie's cave on board the ship. On board the ship. Yeah, that's right. So, um... Yeah. So the girls are lying awake as they, she sees off Tim and he, they get... They, not Tim, sorry. Um... Rooster, they get away with uh, money from her purse and she doesn't realize till he's gone, but there's nothing she can do then. So then we yeah. we sit over to the girls who are lying awake and they're reprising Maybe. Yes, that's right. The song that Annie sang to them. So they've broken into song about that and we cut over to Annie who um, lies awake as if she hears something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're missing Annie because um, she's like the little mommy, you know, so it's like, where yeah, is she? that's and, right. And all the rest of it, yeah. So Annie and Warbucks. Yeah, so Annie hears some breaking glass and she goes down into his room um, to study or wherever. He's dictating notes to Grace, who seems to work night and day. She's just on duty all the time. Um, and then the dog sounds the alarm about some guy who throws a bomb in through the window. Yeah, so some guy right. tries to just bomb up um, Mr. Warbuck's house. Yeah. And thank goodness uh, thank goodness, um, Punjab was there and he managed to catch the bomb and throw it back out again just in time. Yeah, I was I was quite a little kid when I first saw this and I just loved Punjab. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. he was all, the, I thought he was so awesome. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He is yeah. really good. Like the actor's great, and it is quite entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Aside from all the He's the, race, the racism, that's <laughs> good. I know. Um, but anyway, there were a couple of neat comments here. One that FDR had called six times looking for Warbucks. Um, presumably, yeah, and he doesn't want to talk to him. He doesn't want to talk to him. Um, Didn't he make the, some line about there was a line in a previous in the previous um 
the previous scene whenever they're whenever Annie just arrives that that um, FDR has been calling, and he said somebody told him that it was urgent, and he said that everything's urgent to Democrat. Mm-hmm. Was the little yeah. joke he made in the last scene? So um, FDR has been trying to get in touch with them all day. It seems. Yes, and then Grace makes this comment. Annie Annie asks why someone's trying to kill Daddy Warbucks. Well, she doesn't say Daddy Warbucks. That's what I'm <laughs> yeah, calling it throughout. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, Grace says, "Well, because he's it's the Bolsheviks that are trying to kill him, because uh, he's living proof that the American system works." Uh, <laughs> and I was like, "No doubt that Grace definitely believes what she's saying, but are we supposed yeah. to take that as sarcasm, or is this movie <laughs> like a political tract yeah. for capitalism?" Oh my God! Is this like just all a bit of brainwashing? I a know. Bit of, uh, it, yeah, I'm not sure where I fall on that because. There's also quite a lot of hints. Propaganda. But there's also quite a lot of hints that the New Deal was a good thing and that this more socialistic state was actually the preferred way. And Warbucks had to have his heart softened to participate in the New Deal. And then while we've got like Grace saying, Oh, Warbucks is living proof that the American system or or Grace saying, Yeah, he's living proof that the system works. In the meantime, the backdrop is this like orphanage and you know, multiple all these people that are heart hard up and in the queue for unemployment and yeah yeah that's right so i'm in two minds about whether that comment how we're supposed to take that as an audience we did comment in et that we thought that well i thought that there were elements of et were definite propaganda for the communist um not communist <laughs> <laughs> for capitalism there was definite yeah. propaganda for capitalism built into et and some of the script and how some of the, the scenes were laid out for sure yeah that's so right. it is pretty common and it is pretty common in 80s movies even if you think of the goonies yeah. i'm sure the whole setup for the goonies was that they were losing their house because some big real estate dealer had bought it out from under them and mm-hmm. They were going to have to go off and live in some other town, but then they find the jewels, one-eyed Billy's jewels, and they were able to buy their house back. You know what I mean? So yeah, you're right. It's yeah. uh, it's, it's an interesting, but yeah, you're totally right. You could have a whole conversation about the political backdrop of all these movies. Um, yeah. So yeah. So um, then uh, we cut from that scene to the pool, the pool, and he's in the pool swimming, isn't he? And the dog jumps in to have a little bath with him. So he, the dog jumps into the pool, and then Annie jumps into the pool, and yeah, they have a fun little time swimming about. Yeah, Annie has this uh, pretty little bathing suit with flowers on it, and she asks Daddy Warbucks what he thinks about her pretty suit, and uh, she's all proud of herself because yeah. now she's all dolled up yeah, and yeah. she's getting used to this new lifestyle, you know, pretty quickly. So she's a uh, she looks for his approval almost, you know, like a child looks for, for sure. a father figure's approval or a parental approval. Um, and she does in this scene as well. She points out that um, Grace thinks that he's the best thing since sliced bread. So she's starting to kind of pair them up or couple them up together, which right. is cute. Totally interesting. Yeah, mommy and daddy. Yeah. Um, yeah, she says, um, there, where do we go over? Do we then move to a different scene? Uh, yeah, we head to the office, um, Daddy Warbucks office again, and it's complete chaos. And Annie's running around all over the place with a paper yes. airplane, I think it is. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, does Warbucks get annoyed with her and tells her to get out? Or does she volunteer to get out and say she'll just go and sit in her room for a while and then they feel a bit guilty and she manipulates them into taking her to the movies? Well, is that she, what happens? She, um, this is one of those moments, like you're saying, where she manipulates Warbucks. She gets him wrapped around. So Punjab is like causing the airplane to fly around the desk it's not completely clear if Punjab yes. actually has magical powers oh or not. yeah that's right <laughs> oh no it, it, they make it 
clear later on in the movie though they do whenever he makes the vase levitate yeah in one of the scenes um but you're right and they ask where she wants to go and she says she wants to go meet the president but of That's course right. that can't be arranged here but it sets up a later meeting i guess yeah i think um, this is one of those little comments annie makes that impresses warbucks because yeah it's not I, I'm not being sexist here, but I think in the context, it's not the sort of thing you expect a little girl to say is I want to go meet the president. You know, you would expect sure. more. I want to go play tennis with you or I want to go to the movies or I want to do something fun. But no, yeah. he's like, I want to meet the president. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but then uh, they're going to go see, go to the movies. Warbucks decides and we have a whole big preparation scene and we have a song called Let's Go See. The, was it Let's Go to the Movies? Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, they get all dolled up. He buys out the whole theater. Um, they get uh, all dressed up to go. And whenever they arrive, there must be a lineup of about 20 or 30 ushers waiting to greet them. Mm -hmm. um, and they have this whole big um, hoo-ha about arriving. Yeah, there's definitely musical La La Land feeling about this part because most of the other, yeah. most, most of the rest of the scenes are plausible within the context you know, For like sure. the numbers in the orphanage and the numbers in uh, the White House and all the rest of it. But this one, it's not at all plausible. <laughs> there's no, a, there's apparently a stage full of dancers waiting for Warbucks to, <laughs> to come <laughs> to in. To sit down, I know. Well, one of, the lines in the, one of the lines in the song that's playing at the time is Welcome to the Grand Delusion or Welcome to this Grand Delusion. I just think it's a commentary on movies and how movies are like just a delusion for us to kind of entertain ourselves with, but it's not real life. Well, that's right. That's true. But there's also this theme of things being hidden from view. And so it's like yeah. what, you know, the magic happening is what the movies, what you see on the surface of things is just the magic happening. But then what's going on behind the yeah, scenes? Yeah, for of sure. Um, yeah, okay. Even like the headdresses on the dancers, I thought they were flowers initially and there's very few close-up shots. But when it got close up, it first of all looked like cogs. And I thought, are these people just cogs in a machine? Is that what's being commented? I thought, no, that's too, oh, that can't be. be it. And then I thought maybe it was just movie reels or like cogs oh, yes, on a, of course. Cogs on a, a yeah. camera or a projector. Like an old-fashioned projector. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, They're there to watch Camille with Greta Garbo and Robert Taylor. Yeah. And then we just watch them watch the movie. Yeah, that's right. This is one of those other comments that Camille apparently is something about a, is it a, a sex worker? I don't know. But anyway, oh, it's sort I of like know. a, it's like a pretty woman style movie or something like that. I, yes, I don't know. Okay. I, I didn't read the full plot synopsis, but it's a fairly adult themed movie apart from being a romance. For sure. This is where the timeline doesn't really stand up for me across the whole of the movies. But if you think about 1922, they wouldn't have movies like have had movies like Camille, like they wouldn't have existed. They well, didn't have did... electricity in a lot of houses. And surely this is like, well, ahead I think of it's time. I think the movie set Annie is set in 1932 because she's 10. Oh, yes, you're right. So maybe um, it had come out. Sorry, but... I just gave my microphone a whack. <laughs> Sorry, okay. listeners. Um, but anyway, no, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when Camille came out. I didn't check. Um, As we both check our phones like it's terrible that we're both looking it up on our phones <laughs> while we're trying to record the podcast. This yeah. is ridiculous. But at least in that shot of um, the movie, we did. Uh, this was another one of those moments where we saw quite a lot of Camille. You know, yeah, was, that's right. There it, was tons. I thought like there must be a reason that they're playing this movie for us, but I just couldn't be bothered trying to figure out what it was. That's terrible. Yeah, this I is know your it's movie, so it's very odd. It um, 
Not so much, except that she dies in the end, I believe. But yeah. uh, I, I'm not. Maybe it's for them sure to the build point. empathy with each other. Like he was a bit upset, she was a bit upset. So yeah. maybe it was just to show that softer side of Warbucks. Um, Annie agrees with us for sure. She fell asleep halfway through the movie and ends up being carried home by Mister Warbucks too. Um, so she he carries her home to bed, and then um, we pick up the movie again at breakfast time the next day. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, the breakfast out in the garden. She's really happy, go lucky, and poor old Mister Warbucks is angry because he needs to close down one of his factories. And um, this has come up overnight that something has um, caused him to have to close a factory in Pittsburgh or somewhere. Um, <laughs> and just all of a sudden, she announces that she wants to keep Annie. I wondered if they'd maybe cut a couple of scenes from this bit because it just felt very quick. That's it. You see, I think that they dwelled on certain aspects of of the show of the story, yeah. and because they did that, well, first of all, the like I was saying earlier, the theater play itself is simply too long for a movie. But yeah, for not, sure. So they cut large portions out just because of that. But they also had to cut parts because they choose to dwell on other types of scenes. You know, yeah, other like, things. Yeah, John Huston, the director, is like a forty-year Hollywood veteran. He's directed so many movies, so I assume he knew what I was doing, and I think he was just working with a difficult story. Because yeah. the story of Annie, if you really parse it out, it requires time. You can't easily shorten it. That's the thing about yeah, it. Yeah, maybe you're right. And so I, just I would have just cut the scene with the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, there's lots you could have um, done, really. Um, but yeah, so she wants to keep Annie. Um, he wants Annie to go home, of course. He says all he's interested in is money, power, and capitalism, that he doesn't have any love for children. Um, and then just all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I've just noticed how pretty you are whenever you're angry with me. Oh, maybe you can <laughs> keep Annie. Look, you've got crooked teeth. Oh, no, but I like your crooked teeth. I just didn't buy it. It's like in 10 seconds, it's like he's fallen in love with this girl and he's going to adopt a child with her. Like, what the fuck? But Where's that's just, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm saying. It's like this, this part of the story needed to be developed more, but how are you going to do it? Like, yeah, it did. Annie would have had to have been a TV series by this point if we were going to go into all these details <laughs> in the plot. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this is yeah. one of those moments again, when you were saying about the decision making, I find that interesting, your comment now, because she says, watching you with Annie last night, I thought maybe. So there was this maybe, and it's like, oh yeah, of course. It's almost like this indecision is creeping into Warbuck's world, but he immediately, yes, well, okay. he hesitates for a minute, but then he makes the decision. He says, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. So it's that yeah, decisive yeah. action um, coming out again. She yeah, asks so him, she says, do you really only love money and power and capitalism? <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't answer. He doesn't give her an answer. He yeah. answers by pointing out that she has crooked teeth. That's what he says. So she asks this question yeah. and he says, oh, you've got crooked teeth. And then she's like, oh, I'll have them fixed for you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, don't get them fixed. I like them. Yeah. It's just like, come on, Jesus I Christ. I know the lines aren't great. I I didn't yeah. Yeah, I didn't buy it either. It was a little cringy. I wouldn't have noticed that as a kid, yeah, but as yeah. an adult, definitely a cringe factor in this scene. For um, sure. I wonder if the 80s, if the people of the 80s, the grown-ups in the 80s would have picked up on it or would they? Is cringed. that just like what it was? <laughs> is that what it was like? Is that how women were treated? You know, is that is that just typical of the time? Yeah, I know, no doubt. Very yeah. sad. Maybe there's a comment. Maybe Camille says a lot about that. You know, it might. Yeah, I don't know. I was going to say it might be worth looking back at. Probably a great movie. I don't know. Might be one to watch for that. Maybe yeah. the theme is there too. Um, 
But yeah, I what was the other thing I was going to say? Yeah, so Warbucks here we're seeing is his stern exterior has been broken down gradually. You know, the only real tie in we got was Annie told him in the pool that um, Grace likes him, and then he'd been oblivious yeah, to this because right. he's so wrapped up in his capitalism. And then he thinks, "Oh my God, yeah. somebody actually likes yeah, me, yeah. Jesus!" And uh, oh my goodness, I know. But it's this is very this is typical guy, right? Do you remember that scene? It's one of my favorite lines from a movie. Whenever um, it's in Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Whenever um, Jim Carrey's character, uh, what's his name? Um, Oh, I don't know. I've got no idea. So long since I've. But anyway, uh, the late, the uh, uh, the other one. What's for that? I've forgotten Jim Jim Carrey's character (laughs) name, and I've forgotten Clementine's actress actor name. (laughs) We're gonna have to cut this bit out. Jesus Christ! All over the place. Okay, I'll bring it back. They're on the train <laughs> together and he sees her up there and she looks yeah. back at him, right? And she's kind yeah, of mistress. Yeah. And he's like, he says to himself, why do I have to fall in love with every woman who gives me the slightest bit of attention? <laughs> yeah. Isn't yeah, it true yeah. about guys though? As if a girl likes you, you're like, oh, she's all right. <laughs> oh my God, I know. That's another little thing because uh, there's this line in Heartstopper where uh, Heartstopper is like this cheesy Netflix teen drama um, where Charlie and his friends are like his friends are giving him a hard time for falling in love with a straight guy and he's like I don't just fall in love with straight guys the straight guys that are nice with me with every straight guy that's nice with me nice to me you know <laughs> cool, so there you another go. little thing maybe yeah. that's just another common trope you know men yeah. live up to the stereotype that's created in movies yeah yeah totally does art create life or does life create art I don't know oh who knows who knows um so yeah then uh then so Grace is all excited and they go off and do the We Got Annie dance. Yeah, that's right. So they have this huge big number again that takes place all over the house. Um, they move oh. from room to room telling everybody how they got Annie. And uh, yeah, Warbucks decides that he's going to go off to the orphanage to complete the paperwork, that that's what he'll do for Grace. That's right. Because it's so important oh. to her. Yeah. Um, this is one of those scenes where um Grace is running around flashing her panties again, just like she did in the uh in the uh, <laughs> let's go to the movies dance. There's there's panties all yeah. over the place in this movie. I don't think it's a, it's not intended to be sexualized, I don't think, but I think the imagery no, is just the imagery is like whenever she's twirling and stuff and the dresses are twirling around, it creates the impression of flowers. You see, that's why I think they have that oh, yeah, okay. visual motif so strongly in the dances is For why sure. that is why I think that's there. It's just another little piece of um, of covert sexism where the man has to go off and do the important paperwork while the girl sings, <laughs> runs around the house all happy that, you know, she's I mean, been allowed to keep the girl. For sure. And then there's this just a cringy racist dancing going on with... Uh, oh my God, it's horrendous. What's his name? The... Punjab and um, the... The Asp. <laughs> the Asp. <laughs> Is that what his name was? I That's think his introduced. It's terrible. The Asp, I know. And he does his, they do these horrible stereotypical dances. This is one of those things that, yeah. those dances were far too long, pointlessly too long. Oh, yeah. I mean, could have shaved minutes off right not, there. Not their dances, but in most dance scenes, you know, the dances went on forever and ever and ever. That's true. Um, but I mean, this song, We've Got Annie, has almost no lyrics. And it's mainly I know, dance. it's just dancing. And, yeah. I know, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and it is a lot um, cringy. Yeah, to me. It is, it's bad. It definitely wouldn't happen today. I don't think, well, I hope no. not anyway. Even the music itself, the way they change the music whenever those two characters start to dance is pretty shitty, you know? Yeah, that's true. 
Yep. Um, anyway, so cut away, and uh, we're immediately given a strikingly contrasting image of the orphans walking around in circles, getting their daily exercise. Without in... Annie, it's so sad there. Yeah, but this is like, it's, it reminds you so much of a prison. This is exactly like a prison yard. They're outside. Oh, it definitely is. They're, they're outside getting their, you know, ablutions. It's, so they're getting, going outside to get your ablutions, I think. It's sort of like getting your, your exercise, you know. They're put out into yeah. the yard to walk around in circles with their heads hanging yeah, down. Yeah. They find a rat and Miss Hannigan hears the commotion and they drop the rat down Miss Hannigan's dress. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, she screams, and uh, isn't this when... Um, when he, he does, turns up? Yes, he comes to the door, yeah. Warbucks. That's right. He pulls up so he pulls up outside, and there's this huge crowd gathers because he's kind of some celebrity billionaire. Um, so there's this huge crowd gathers outside, and he heads in and announces that he wants to adopt Annie at the door, and she immediately runs back into the house and screams. She's so angry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's funny. She screams behind the door, and then uh, yeah, they go inside, and she sees the diamond on his the diamond button on his. She's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> is that thing real?" She says, "Yeah, um, yeah." And she calls it my little billiard ball. <laughs> <laughs> that joke definitely does stand up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was funny. Yeah. Was anyway. Funny. This is another one of those moments where it's all really sexualized and she's all over Warbucks trying to seduce him. Yeah, she really is. Yeah. It's so cringy. Oh my God. It is yeah. cringy. Yeah, but she's seduced by the money more than anything. And the money yeah, well, and the that's power. that's exactly what it is. Yeah, here she actually falls into her bathtub of gin. Uh, her bathtub gin. Yeah. And uh, Warbucks eventually gets the thing signed. Uh, they sing the song. The song is yeah, called that's Sign. Right. Um. And uh, well, she refuses to sign the papers at first, and then he starts to sing all about how he's had a private investigator trailer and he's uncovered all this stuff about her. And mm -hmm. again, it's like this levels the 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 here in the scene and in the previous scene, they both had to really strong arm Miss Flan Mrs. Flanagan. They were so mean to her, you know. Poor Mrs. Flanagan's been trailed by this private eye who knows all yeah. about her, Miss Hannigan. I don't know yeah. why I keep calling her Mrs. Hannigan, but Miss Hannigan. <laughs> Was one um, of our teachers, Miss Miss Flanagan, maybe one of our high school oh, teachers? Oh, I don't know. Oh my God, I've been calling her Hannigan as well, and it's Flanagan. No, it's Hannigan. As if it's Hannigan. Yeah. Okay, so the teacher oh. was Flanagan. Who Something fucking like knows? That. Jesus Christ, <laughs> who's Miss uh, Flanagan? <laughs> I don't know. Please, please email us and tell us who Miss Flanagan is. <laughs> but yeah, so in both of these cases, they've had to really uh, tighten the screws, and again, it's that commentary on society that. In order to get people to do what you want, you have to be a real shit to them, you know. That's true, and there's also a, there's also corruption, you know. It's like Warbucks gets things done just because he's a billionaire. Like, yeah, he commands. That's the, right. The fuck, he calls the president to get things done. He calls the chief of police and says, "I want all your men on this." And it's like, yes, uh, I know. That's characteristic of a corrupt society when when the the. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. But definitely. they they didn't really point the finger at it in that sense. Instead. Um, it's sort of presented as a good thing in a way that Warbucks can can get things yeah. done that way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so she signs in the end um, and he heads off. They've decided part of the other scene they were talking about getting Annie a gift. And uh, whenever we cut, uh, we've got Grace standing with the Tiffany's box. So another little piece of um, 
capitalism propaganda that to show people that you love them, you should buy them expensive gifts. <laughs> um, and then they argue over who should give the gift to Annie. He doesn't want to give Annie the gift. He thinks that Grace should give Annie the gift. And um, eventually she Grace takes off and leaves the two of them to have a wee heart to heart. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, Warbucks is too much of a hard ass and he has trouble expressing his feelings. Typical sort yeah. of... Uh, typical man like at least going back in our culture i think it's uh, very normal for men not to be able to um discuss emotions or anything emotional really <laughs> um, yeah for sure yeah so so he wants to have a man-to-man talk with annie and annie does her part of imitating <laughs> they march up and down outside yeah. and annie marches along beside him it's very funny oh my funny. god i know um and he tells her his story about how he grew up poor in Liverpool. He was raised in a switch house and he had a sick brother and his parents couldn't afford the medicine. And uh, yeah. yeah, a lot's made out of Roman and Greek. All all his, there's a lot of Roman and Greek and pillars everywhere. And and uh, I, I, I didn't get what that's supposed to tell us, but. I, I just don't. think it's a sign of affluence, isn't it? That you've got a big grand house with Greek style pillars and you know it's just that kind of affluent in your face um, demonstration of wealth there's another really cringy semi-racist moment whenever Annie first comes in she gives him a kick she's been out learning karate or something and she kicks him in the leg and he falls over and then um, uh, Punjab comes in and we get some racist music as he magics his leg better I know that's right. Uh, it's funny because he does this weird energy healing or magic, I guess. And uh, yeah. but Ray Reiki, you know this hand energy healing thing. Oh that, yes, of that, course. But that wasn't in the states until after night. Well, after nineteen eighty-two, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know where this even where comes come from, from. You know, it's weird. Maybe one of them were on a one of them was on a big trip in India or something or whatever <laughs> part of the world that Reiki comes Punch. from. Reiki comes from. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Um. So here uh, they eventually wind up back inside and Warbucks um, is going to give her the gift and say, I want to be your daddy now. This is from Daddy Warbucks. And, yeah, that's right. And he's expecting a response. And now, interestingly here, he comes down to Annie's level and then he hears Annie's point of view. So they've gone all the way this far, Grace and Daddy Warbucks, without thinking yeah. about what Annie's point of view is on Actually the thing. Actually once, yeah. Yeah. And there was this point in whenever he's telling Annie his story, like he tells Annie the story of how he grew up in his childhood and he started out at 21, he made his first million at 21 and then within 10 years he'd made 100 million and he made this comment that in those days that was a lot of money. <laughs> like in the 80s, 100 million isn't a lot of money. I know, right. You God. know what I mean? It's funny. It is. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Um, this so, is yeah. So this is where we hear Annie's locket story about how her That's parents right. um, left her at the... And at what the, Annie actually wants. What she actually wants. Um, her parents left her at the orphanage and they left this little locket and they kept the other half. And uh, they said that... Because uh, they always yeah, intended to come back right. from her when they could. Um, and so is this the part where she says... Uh, oh, no, no, it's later. Sorry, I'll leave that off. Um, well, it's... The Warbucks um, offers now to help her do it. So instead of like, she can still stay with him, of course, but instead of like being adopted, he'll help her find her parents. Yeah, that's right. Um, So then he's like, jumps into action, typical Warbucks, all decisive. He's calls the president. He wants the chief of yeah. police. He wants the, I forget who he wants on the end of the phone. And then he orders <laughs> someone to get him yeah. a drink. He's like, we're going to find yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to find your well, parents. This is- 
Yes, yeah, yeah. And then we cut to the radio station, so he's preparing a radio ad. Yeah. To try to find the parents, and we get this um kind of drawn out scene where he reads everybody's lines. Yeah, this is I, <laughs> the next two scenes where where we have this scene and then the carryover where the girls in the orphanage reprise the song to me is one of the most worthwhile yeah. parts of the movie. Like um, yeah. again, we get this theme where they're in they're in the radio set. We get the long introduction. And he, the, the, the is a uh, Bert Healy is doing the intro for the the show. They're going to bring Warbucks in. There's yeah. the tap dancing shoes, which Annie looks at curiously. She's like, wait a minute, he's not actually tap dancing. Yeah. They're pretending. And so this is where she gets a glimpse behind the scenes. Where the yes, like okay. how how the magic is created, so to speak, how what the trick is, yeah, yeah, you know, and uh, it's again that theme of things going on behind the scenes, of which there's so much here. Like uh, what's going on behind the scenes of the orphanage? Like uh, Miss Hannigan presents this picture to the outside world, um, yeah, but she, but then what's going on in there is hidden from from everyone else, and it's like what's For going sure. on, what's going on in the in the halls of power. In these Warbucks mansions, what goes on in there? Most ordinary <laughs> yeah, people don't get to yeah, see that. Yeah. What's going on in the White For House? Sure. Most people don't get into the White House to see what's going on behind closed doors. Um, Annie's um, actual truth about her was hidden from her, and yeah, so there's all this, right. there's all this hiding everywhere. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, but here we are in the the um, the radio station. That's and, right. Uh, they do the big so announcement. He- yeah, that he's there to, to, I don't know what the announcement was, but yeah, so he just pretty much starts reading his <laughs> lines, but he can't really, he doesn't understand what's happening or how to do it. So he just starts reading from the page and he reads out all of the instructions and the yeah. lines and, um, and yeah, eventually he reads through the whole script and then just turns and walks out of the room. Yeah, he reads through the whole script because he doesn't know how to do it. And in his yeah. back, over his shoulder, um, Bert Healy's getting annoyed. That he's uh, reading all the lines, but he can't interrupt because it's Warbucks. Yeah. And then uh, Warbucks yeah. like gets really raging because he realizes he just read a commercial. And uh, <laughs> another another yeah. explosion of anger from this guy. And uh, then the song of the scene is "You're Never Fully Dressed Without a Smile." That's right. Which is a fave um, from the movie for me. It is. It's really good. Um, we go over to the orphanage where the girls have been listening on the radio and giggling outrageously yeah, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, what, at Warbucks. And then Molly does this wonderful... Um, Molly is just priceless here. She's so unbelievably cute and she's so naturally happy. Don't you think? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that yeah, kid, what is. age must she be? She looks like she's about six years old. I'd say six or seven, maybe. Yes. Funnily, they described her as a baby, like in the opening scene where mm-hmm. Annie's comforting her. They describe her as a baby and say she shouldn't be in that room, but she looks about the same size as Annie. Whenever they're like having a hug, she's not. Um, she's not small. I'd say she's probably seven, eight, maybe. Yeah, around that age. Yeah, just incredible. And um, yeah, this is where I have my idea about the amazing talent of the orphans going to waste, and uh, especially because Holly's performance was just so good. And then she uh, yeah. she's wearing this cute little red hat, and the hat has the effect of framing her face, so she looks like a flower. With yeah, for sure, know, her face in the middle of the flower. So very, I thought, just really nice costume design there. And, and Flanagan really came across <laughs> as being totally blocked in this scene, didn't she? You mean Hannigan? really yeah. drunk. Hannigan. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Hannigan. Hannigan she wakes up on the bathroom floor. <laughs> 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 uh, we've all been there. 
not guilty. Not guilty. No, you've never woken up. Have you ever woken up anywhere and thought, what the fuck am I doing here? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm not getting into that conversation. Yes. Yeah, well, I'm sure More we're times told. than I care to remember, I've woken up and thought, what the fuck? I know, me too. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, we probably shouldn't glamorize it, but... Uh, <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> it's terrible. Um, so, and she comes in and she says, do I hear happiness in here? <laughs> 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 That's one of my favorite lines from uh, Miss Hannigan, the whole movie. So totally. It's so hilarious. And then um, <laughs> Holly stamps on her foot. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, brilliant. And yeah, that whole routine is fabulous. So yeah, spot on. Really good. Yep. So from there, we cut over to, um, I keep forgetting his name. FDR, War, Roosevelt. Warbucks oh, House. Warbucks, Warbucks. No, we yeah. head to Warbucks House. Oh, yeah, 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 right. People are at the gate. Um, and they're there lining up to be interviewed for um, Annie's to see if they're Annie's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where we get the bodyguard, Mr. Punjabs, and his magic hands makes a vase of flowers levitate from one side of the room to the other. Um, and <laughs> uh, Warbucks is now going to give Annie what she wants, and that's to go off and see President Roosevelt. So they get into their little helicopter type contraption. Yes. Um, and they head on over to FDR's. I guess in the White House, this must be the White House that they arrived to. Yeah, I think the Oval Office, is that what they call it? The Oval Office in the White House, I think. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they're talking about the economy and about um, and about orphanages and how people live. And, and I mean, I think a lot more is made out of the politics in the stage play. And the stage play yeah. goes back quite a few years before um, before the movie. Um, but I mean, on the one hand, yeah, we're getting into politics, um, and I think the movie yeah. definitely has political comment. Um, For not, sure, not that we want to really dwell on, a, you know, you know, the right versus the left and capitalism versus socialism stuff in this podcast. But I think the New Deal was that um, the government was going to they were going to expand the government. So they were going to expand the public yeah. sector and create public sector jobs for people. Um, because okay. the economy was in a bad state and people were out of work, so FDR yes, wanted to, okay. and that's what they called it. They called it the New Deal, and it was like they were going to just have a massive public spend on hiring people in all sorts of branches of government, including the park systems. Yeah, like that. okay. And whereas the capitalists, okay. of course, like Warbucks, don't like that idea because it means more taxes. Who's going to pay for it? You know, like when they're in the office, Warbucks yeah. breaks out a bunch of cliches, capitalist cliches about who's going to pay for public services. You know, it's like, and it's like yeah, a little tug of sure. war between FDR and Warbucks. But here, yeah. um, Annie does her acapella intro for tomorrow and then they all join That's in. Right. So this is where tomorrow appears. Um apart from the little intro and the credits, which we could have easily done without in its entirety. It would have been better to have a fuller rendition and more of tomorrow right here than have all that opening credit bullshit. But yeah, for sure. But anyway, um I think this is one of those moments where the song was cut a little, I think, but uh, the way they they focused in on Annie and they really focused in on her face here, and she did the a cappella performance for the first few, um, the first verse or something. I think a verse in a chorus. Yeah, and that's very deliberate. It's like that's where they spend the time and these little tender moments in the movie, and they let it for get sure. drawn out a little bit, right? And uh, it is. It was very cute. Yeah, and again, yeah. it's Annie's manipulation at its finest. You know, she recognizes that 
um, Warbucks isn't buying into this idea and she really wants it to happen. So she thinks I'll just sing this cute little song and then they'll all fall in love with me and give me what I want. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's a bit of manipulation, but also there's a bit of Annie's natural compassion. She can sense that FDR is trying to do something good. And that yeah, that's Warbucks true. is that's true. trying to not to hold him back. And, and so she sides with <laughs> yeah. the compassionate side, you know, those, I think, yeah. what does he call them? Uh, there's all heart and no socialists are all heart. And I forget what it is. Warbuck says another one of his cliches, but uh, yeah, but she recognizes that. And um, this is the other part where the songs, interestingly, now this is an interesting crossover because and sync as well as a crossover to our upcoming podcast, the rings of power. Yeah. Um, now I was reading some of the lore of the Lord of the Rings as it goes back in time. And apparently the ancients sort of, um, they sort of created the world of Middle Earth. It was called Arda and uh, they created it actually, I think they created either the world as a whole with song or like the, the great spirit, oh, the, really? the, the main God type uh, figure um, with his race of supreme beings, which can only be interpreted as aliens in today's nomenclature. Um, but yeah, I don't think- for sure. I don't think necessarily that um, uh, that Tolkien was relating them as aliens, but certainly that's the way it seems. They create the earth, and and God teaches His supreme race of beings to to use song. He teaches them how to sing the world into being. Yeah, and yeah. They have these two great trees, which are featured in one of the trailers for the Rings of Power. Oh, really? They're in the background. They're oh, like, it's so they're interesting. Like, like okay. monster trees, like giants. And before, yeah. before the sun and moon created, they created these with song. They created these two trees and one with light. One was a, a silver light and one was a golden light. Yes, okay. But here we're noticing how Annie uses song. Song is somehow being used to create the world. You see, she's it's through the power of song that she's convincing Warbucks to fund the New Deal yeah. and to run the New Deal, you see. And so... It's forming the world with song. So song has a dual purpose in the movie. One is to tame like Orpheus and the other is yeah. to to form to the world. And, yes, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Interesting. Yeah. We actually talked a very similar theme in our Saw Rewind podcast, but we'll leave that aside for now. <laughs> um yeah, um, I mean, I don't know how historically accurate it is that a little orphan persuaded the capitalists of the 1930s to oh my god, I accept know. the New Deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But, I know. But here we are. That's where we are. Yeah, Annie. say love you. Anyway, mm. so we're back at the orphanage then. We cut back to the orphanage and um, um, Miss... Hannigan's brother has arrived back on the scene. He turns up on the doorstep, pretending to be pretending to be Annie's mum and dad. Him and his girlfriend pretend to be Annie's mum and dad. Um, she kind of buys into it. She doesn't realise who they are at the start. Um, and then she's so convinced that she thinks this is a great idea. They've got this idea to go off and pretend to be Annie's parents so that they can get the $50,000 that Warbucks has offered up. Um, and they realize along the way that she has the full story of Ali, uh, Annie's full backstory so they can give her all this detail, um, but she also has the other half of the locket that Annie um, wears around her neck, mm -hmm. and they try to find it. So we learn in the scene that, um, that Mrs. Hannigan um, was told a number of years ago that Annie's parents were actually dead, um, but she didn't tell Annie this. She didn't pass that news on to Annie. She kept it to herself. 
You see, this is where I, what I was getting at earlier with the really sinister nature of Miss Hannigan's narcissism. She yeah, actually invented right. a story to tell Annie to keep her in a state of suffering for parents that were never going to come back. And yeah. she drew gratification from that for Annie's entire life. I mean, that's the depth of the depravity of this individual. Um, yeah. So, yeah, really, really. It's so sad. It's very sad. Yeah. What a very bitch. dark. I know. Yeah, totally. Definitely a piece of work. Um, it's funny whenever, whenever Rooster and Lily are standing out in the step, their their disguises are less than disguises. I mean, they look like themselves. <laughs> <laughs> she's know. she's I looking know. from behind this uh, this grill in the door, and she's like, "My God, I <laughs> yeah. never would have recognized you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So they come in. They're talking about their big plan about how it's all going to come down. Um, and one of the girls overhears them talking. So one of the girls is being put to work cleaning the bathrooms and she hears them through the vents that um, their whole plan pretty much. And she tries to set off the alarm with the other girls. Um, sadly, at the time, um, I don't know the bully's name. What's the bully's name? Um, Pepper. Pepper won't let her go. She makes her stay and clean the bathrooms for like an extra 20 minutes or whatever longer than she really um, needed to so the girls don't get a chance to take off until um until a bit later and then they get caught so they get yeah. caught trying to escape the orphanage as they set off to forewarn Annie and Mr. Warbucks about this cunning plan that um Flanagan is Hannigan has come up with the um and they get locked up in the cupboard. That's right. Um so like we we sort of passed over Easy Street, which is uh, the song sung by yeah. um, and no wonder because it is a drab song. Oh it's, yes, it's probably right. the worst routine in the movie. I couldn't even stretch to call it particularly good, uh, and no, it's know. needlessly lascivious. Like um, Rooster at one point actually kisses Lily's cleavage. <laughs> oh God, I miss. I know it. it's like please people like. Just lay off a little for a minute, you know. I know it's it is it's a bit much in some yeah, places. This song should have been dumped. But um anyway, yeah, yeah they're the, the girls are locked in the closet, as you say. Um, although at one point in Easy Street they say Annie is the key, and that line just simply oh, serves yes, they call okay. her the key to their prosperity, but actually the flip side is that Annie is the key to the prosperity of the USA because she convinced yeah. Warbucks to support the New Deal. Yes, okay. Um, That's so interesting. Yeah. So um so yeah, um Molly kicks Pepper, another kicking. Everyone's they're always kicking, everyone's getting kicked in this movie. There's so much <laughs> kicking going on, it's absolutely kicked unbelievable. Kicked or punched or whatever, yeah. yeah. That's right. The girls are hidden in the closet, as you say. Again, they're being hidden from view, so it's all about hiding. Um Yeah. And uh Yeah, so but then they escape. They escape down a deadly, they climb down a pole. That's it. Well, we cut back to Annie momentarily oh, yeah, getting yeah. home from the president's visit. So she's gets she gets back from the president to find out um, that sadly they haven't been able to to trace down her mum and dad. This is where we learn that um, Grace has interviewed eight hundred and sixty five couples, yes. um, and none of them knew that the locket exists. So she just sees that as a sign of how. Um, of the depths of people's depravity, I guess, in New York yeah. in the 30s, that they're so dishonest that they'll they'll say anything to get a bit of cash. Although I imagine 50 grand back in the 1930s would be a shitload of money, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so, so from there, we cut back to the orphanage. Hang on a wee minute. Um, yeah, this is where Annie makes her comment uh, that 
um, when, when she finds out they didn't find the parents, she says, I've, she says, I've known they were dead deep down for a long time. So yeah. she kind of knew, but the truth of her own life was sort of hidden from her. It was buried inside her. You see what I mean? It was like, yeah, okay. again, it's this idea of a hidden truth and how the whole truth about Annie's parents was hidden from her by the, by Hannigan. And, but she's kind of knew, but it was, she was, she was sort of in a kind of denial, continuing to fantasize about this, this ideal life she would have. But when she knew deep down inside sure. all the time that it was never going to happen. Sorry, that was my only last comment about that. Oh, when the orphans escape, this is the the other Goonies moment. They when she when she pammers up through the hatch with the pole, that's the same oh, as when it's they like whenever they climbed out of the fireplace. Well, they climbed down the fireplace, but they actually it's in the scene on the boat when they're finding one eyed Willie's rich stuff. They have to break up through yeah. the floor. There's a little hatch and they have oh, to smash yeah, up through okay. it. So they actually go up into yeah, yeah. the room. And that's one like things, Willie's room. Yeah, see, it's like revealing the hidden thing. It's a, yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, it must be just a, it must be just a highly common movie trope, I suppose, but it's like re revealing the hidden, you know, they're, they're coming out, they're being revealed, everything's being revealed, Annie's having the truth about her parents revealed to her, you know, yeah. all this year kind of stuff. So they escape and climb down the pipe, highly dangerous That's behavior. it. So they climb down the, the drain pipe and um, they set off to try to forewarn Annie and um, Mr. Warbucks about what's going to happen. Um, and in the meantime, we cut and see um, Rooster and his girlfriend turn up at Warbucks' house and they go in to chat with Grace about how they're the actual parents of Annie. Yeah, that's right. Um, so turning up is Ralph and Shirley Mudge um, with a fake yeah. birth certificate. So this is where we find out that Annie was born in October 18th, 1922. Yeah, and, she's um, almost 100 years old if she was still alive. <laughs> I know, right? Wow, that's you're right, actually. It's almost Annie's 100th birthday of the character. <laughs> yeah, we should do yeah, something yeah. on that day. We um, should. So yeah, anyway, Annie, strangely, is not happy to hear this news. She's immediately nonplussed Very by these people. Sad. Yeah, yeah. sad. She doesn't yeah. seem engaged at all. She's just like, oh, okay, mom, you don't. Yeah, it was strange. And then we have one of these little tender moments where she reprises maybe. And uh, yeah. she's in this case, the lyrics have been changed. So now she's she's um, regretting that she's not going to have this life as Daddy Warbucks' little girl. Yes, that's right. And then we flash over to Warbucks. He's doing a maybe maybe reprise, and he is saying, "Oh, I was almost, uh, or she was almost my baby, maybe." That's um, right. But he also Warbucks has an interesting line here. He says, "It makes you smile when fate takes a hand." Um, referring to the, sh yeah. the parents showing up, she who doesn't know yet are fake parents. That's right. I thought that was really strange that he's saying that it makes him smile that fate has stepped in here and made sure that he can't take Annie as his daughter. Yeah, I just right. thought it was really strange that on one hand he's singing about how unhappy he is, that he wishes that she could stay around and be his girl. And then on the other, it's like, oh, isn't it great that fate came along and stopped me from doing this thing that I really want to do? It is a bit odd. Yeah, it's odd. Yeah. I think that's a good way to describe it. It's uh, it doesn't For quite sure. something about it doesn't quite gel. Um, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the kids are also on the way, but they're getting really tired. They've been walking for ages, it seems. They get really put off when they reach number one of Fifth Avenue, but they have to go to number nine hundred and fifty. <laughs> um, right. And uh, yeah, so then we cut to another scene with Annie where she's packing up her clothes to take to uh, Mister and Missus Mudge's house. Yeah. Before we get there, though. Um, 
there's that little scene where they're they're ready to give up and go back and they take a bit of vote and there's a majority vote that they'll give up but just then uh, the car pulls up with Annie in it at the junction but I but that happens after she packs her bags we cut to Annie packing oh, her sorry. bags first yeah and sorry she wants my to bad. give her clothes to the orphanage instead of um because she recognizes that if she takes all these clothes back to uh, Mr. and Mrs. Mudge's house that they'll feel really bad for being poor right. and uh, she wants to gift her clothes to the orphanage girls instead um, yes. and she starts singing about her new parents and I think that's whenever we get into the reprise of um, oh, right. the, sad, the sad song between Warbucks and Annie as she leaves Yep, he's, he's watching from the upstairs balcony yes that's it as they pull out of the gate we've got good old Mrs. Flanagan pretending to be blind out front with her little cup that she's waving around like yeah. it's just yeah totally unnecessary and she jumps into the van and um, mm. one hag leg one hang one jesus christ if i could just string a sentence together <laughs> one leg hanging out of the door as they drive <laughs> off as they speed off yeah classic hannigan no doubt yeah um yeah, so now the orphans are about to give up as they're straggling along Fifth That's Avenue. That's right. And uh, the car pulls up at the intersection, but they don't notice Annie in the car, but they notice Sandy who jumps out of the car and runs up to them. Um, well, Sandy's in the back of the truck, so they don't right. see into the car, they see into the back of the truck. Yeah, that's right. Um and then that that's where fate takes a hand right there. I think that's the only purpose of that line, as far as I can tell. Like, Because then they are inspired by Sandy and they go off um, recommitted to their mission of um, saving Annie from That's uh, it. He the takes them to the house. Mm -hmm. So they get there. Punjab answers the door. Molly faints this strange, mysterious uh, <laughs> uh, guy. And uh, they call Warbucks, your highness. And... Uh, <laughs> Molly says they was, was bad people. Oh and, my uh, god! I know. War Warbucks says sleeping lizards, and then off he jumps into action and calls the cops. Yeah, that's it. He calls everybody: the cops, the fire department, the ambulances. And mm -hmm. um, he makes a couple of calls to the president. Yeah, he's pulling all the strings he can to get people out looking for Annie. Yeah, that's right. Um, so. Yeah, there, you could you could do a lot of political commentary on this, but anyway, set it aside, Simon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, Grace yeah, and Yeah, it's totally corrupt. Yeah, so Grace and Daddy Warbucks drive off. Um, Punjab takes out the autocopter from up high, looking That's down right. from on high, spots the car, and so they start following the car. Um, and Annie pulls a little trick to get out of the car. Yeah, this is another scene that was probably about 20 minutes too long. It seemed to go on forever, this car chase. It was ridiculous. Yeah, no doubt. Um, the chase went on a bit too long. And of course, now we're just on a roller coaster yeah. towards the end of the movie and it's just action. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This did go on too long. I mean, in 1982, I think this would have been fairly dramatic to watch. I'm sure as a kid, I find this very dramatic. <laughs> Maybe you're right. I don't know. But not, like through adult eyes, you know, you're looking at it and, you know, it's a stunt double crawling up those tracks and uh, crawling up that bridge <laughs> yeah, and yeah. stunt double hanging off the edge of it. And, For you know, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes on for a bit too long and it's a bit yeah it's a bit undramatic you know it was just a bit uneventful they had this big long drawn out car chase that doesn't really have much drama in it until um Punjab at the end hangs off the helicopter to kick this guy um down what looks like a big giant slide 
Yeah, that's right. Um, so it's a it's a bridge, I guess, and the railway tracks are it's lifted up. Um, it's a, one of those yeah, racing bridges, right. and she crawls up the railway track um, up into the air, and it's terrifyingly high up. Um, if a child was actually up there, you would be like shiting oh, yourself. You totally would be terrified. Um, yeah, you'd be terrified 100%. beyond belief. Um, but uh, yeah, here's some sinister things go down. Um, Annie says she's got to go pee, so they let her out of the car. She kicks Miss Hannigan again, and off she runs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was funny. Yeah, this is one of those examples where the animal nature is useful to have uh, on hand. So she runs, and they chase her. Rooster chases her, and then he's going to kill her. And uh, Miss Hannigan cries, out, "He's yeah. really going to kill her." Rooster, stop! She's only a baby, or she's a baby. Oh you know? my so, god, I know. This is the part where I thought, you know. Where we are led to question if Miss Hannigan really genuinely cares for Annie. And I've made my argument that I think no, she's just a baseline narcissist. And yeah. um not baseline. She's a she's a you know she's but a even narcissists have narcissist. lines that they they don't um uh, cross. I think they do child but, child but, murder. Well, I mean, no, it that happens. And um yeah, bad things happen with these people. Yeah. Um, so I'm not convinced by Miss Hannigan's uh, show of humanity here and show of decency. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it makes sense with the rest of the character. Fair um, enough. But yeah. It was I just mean, it was a bit out of left field, I guess. Maybe just a last minute attempt attempt for um to make us feel empathy for. Yeah, maybe so, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, and then Rooster knocks her out. He knocks her, he likes gives her a hard enough slap to put her on the floor and she doesn't get back up. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible. And I know it's atrocious. And uh, Annie climbs. Um, Rooster catches her up at the top. Punjab arrives just in time. Um, Rooster yeah. recoils from Punjab as he rescues Annie from the side. And then Rooster slides all the way down and conveniently lands on a, a little tramp. What do you call it? Little... <laughs> yeah, that the police have or the fire brigade. It's like a yeah. trampoline thing that they hold out to catch people. Yeah. Um. And Andy's or Andy, who the fuck's Andy? Annie is holding on for dear life, hanging yes. off the helicopter by a turban. Yeah, and they take a second here for Punjab to get probably his only line of the movie out. He says, "Buddha says a child without courage is like a night without stars." Yes, which yeah, is a really yeah. lovely line, and they took a minute for him it to is. say it nicely. And uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, good. Um, so yeah, and that's it. She's rescued. Um, but then we find ourselves back for the closing sequence, in which um, the very start, uh, at the yeah. very start of that sequence, Daddy Warbucks hands Annie a corsage or a little flower. That's um, so right. This is and another she one of those. It to her dress. Yeah. So they make a deal out of this. He slowly hands it to her and comes and you know, bends over and gives her the flower. She, and then they walk outside and they're singing the song together at last. Um, is this their wedding? Like, is this Warbucks and Grace's <laughs> wedding? I Good didn't, point. Actually, what I, is this I, celebration? Has it just been thrown together I, because Annie's there? I thought I thought it was their wedding, but I might have misinterpreted it. I didn't even notice if she was wearing a wedding dress or what she had on. I know everywhere it's just like red, white, and blue. You God bless America, the balloons, yeah. the circus, all this crazy shit going on. And uh, FDR and Eleanor are there, and uh, Daddy Warbucks gives her the locket, and she says, "I love you, Daddy Warbucks," and that's it. Oh, isn't it cute? And yep. that's where the movie ends. Yep. It was definitely worth a watch. I really enjoyed it. Half an hour too long, maybe. A bit stretched out in places. Yep. Questionable humour. But apart from that, it was a pretty decent movie. I thought, yeah, I mean, to me, it's just... I'd go so far as to call it one of the classics of that time period. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, yeah, the yeah. songs alone, like Tomorrow... 
you know, hard knock life. I mean, those songs just entered culture. You know, they became part of our our culture. You know, they've not been forgotten since then. They're still yeah, reprised. That's true. And you that's know, true, um, actually. Not to mention the lesser known songs like Little Girls, the great performance from uh Oh, I know. Uh, it was so good. Carol, what's her name in that uh song? Yeah. Carol Burnett. It was good. Like the Carol arts, Burnett was brilliant. Totally she was. I mean, and the the orphans too, like Molly and their dance routines and I don't know, it was fabulous. Yeah, I just Yeah, it was good. Yeah, I think it's one for the ages for sure. One of my faves. How do you want to do you want to do sum up? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I've got much else to say. I thought we'd get into themes. I mean, there are major themes in this movie like taming, uh taming the wild nature. And Definitely. you could you could talk all day about those themes. You could talk all day about the left right politics and the weird way that that yeah. plays out in the plot and um but uh, overall, I thought this is a great movie. I do think it's a great movie for kids, despite some voices to the contrary that you hear from time to time. And yeah, um, I loved how it brought out this sense of things being hidden and things being revealed in that sense. And I thought yeah. the movie lived up to that sense. And that if a ch- if a kid watches this movie, they do get an insight into the adult world, even if it's a slightly disturbing one. Um, (laughs) well I suppose it's more than slightly disturbing if you've got an inkling about what's actually going on oh my god I know yeah for sure Um, but yeah I mean a lot of the complex issues of life are are reflected in it yeah I thought it was really good definitely definitely a movie to check out if you haven't seen it or if you just fancy a nice little piece of 80s nostalgia Mm -hmm. um, definitely one to add to your list yep that's it is that it? Thanks. Yeah, I think so. Do you have anything else? Not really. Uh, I think. How that... are we gonna? We need to think up a way to end these then, because <laughs> we just kind of run out of steam. You know what I mean? But we we do our thing. You see, I noticed in some other podcasts, like if you listen to Very Bad Wizards, so they they just they they stop and they think and they and then they kind of say, yeah, that's it, bye, and they just stop. <laughs> and if you listen to smart if you listen to smartless with jason bateman and the other couple of comedians yeah. they're like every single at the end of every show they try to work in the the bye into a sentence and then they go bye and they all go bye and that's how they <laughs> yeah, end every show yeah. uh but and we but we like to do this thing where we say we don't know how to end our shows and then yeah, we bring the music up <laughs> while we're talking five minutes about how to end the show and then fade, fade up the music. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. That really does make a huge difference if you hit that subscribe button. It also means that you'll be notified anytime that we put out an episode. Give us a five star review if you think that it was any good. Yep. And um, you can follow us on Instagram at um, shutup.world and check out our website, which is also shutup.world. Perfect. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.